Hello and welcome to the In the Can podcast. As always, my name is Devin and I'm here with Tom and James. And this week we're changing it up just a little bit. Uh, this one is going to be all about what we've seen this week, what came out this past week, what's coming out next week, and this week, and so on. Uh, we changed it up just to kind of shorten the episodes and make them a little bit more palatable so you don't have a three-hour epic like our Endgame one. That being said, how's everyone doing? Awesome. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, kind of a not wanting to do anything sort of week that I that I let go through, and now that I actually have to be an adult, I oh, hate man. it. man, you have to sit and talk in front of a microphone, man. Yeah, considering so you guys adult. were blabbering before that, so we got less time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were blabbering with us. I mean, you know, not nearly as much. Fair, but still. Other than that, pretty good. The That's weather's good. been kind of, the weather's been nice and cool, at least. That is true. Yeah. Uh, we've had a pretty mild summer comparatively, so <laughs> there was a couple mild, of weeks on there. Mild for you, you can go straight to the bad place. I mean, that's true. I don't. It's the good place. I don't work. In... <laughs> Sabrina rules, man. God is a swear word. Anyway, uh, yep. Uh, or it could be the good place, in which case Ted Danson's there. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, <laughs> but no. Uh, overall, though, this week's been uh, yeah interesting for me. So. Yeah. For me, it's just been a lot of work in the basement. So, uh, get to repair yeah. it. Eventually, we will be recording down there. Yay! Again, and we'll again be nerds. You know, recording a, a podcast in the basement. Hey, but you're gonna have it all like refitted. I know, and, and there will cool. be a TV down there, and sweet, like, so we can put like and... stuff like on there before and after. Yeah, and waste even more time. Yes. Moving on. Anyways. So, what have you seen this week? Besides the big one, we'll talk about that. Right, right, right. We we will be talking about it. Don't worry. Yes. Uh, let's go first. You know what? I might as well, since you've constantly right. badgered me about it for a good chunk of our friendship. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I this week finally sat down and watched Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Woohoo! And I enjoyed it. Not my favorite Edgar Wright one. I will definitely say you are one hundred percent correct. His style, uh, the editing, the dialogue, all that, definitely top. Yeah. It has the same problem I have with Baby Driver. I do not care for the relationship aspect of the movie. Considering that's like the main plot line, that's probably a problem. <laughs> it is. And the other, well, the main reason I don't like it is the fact that Scott Pilgrim is an absolute douchebag. Yeah, he's a douchebag that doesn't know he's a douchebag. He's a whiny. He, he, he's a, he's every butt of every all oh, millennials are this joke ever. That's true. Played completely straight. Yeah, that's kind of the point. It is, but unfortunately, that's where it's like I have to separate where. No, you're absolutely right. The transitions, the dialogue, the the sound, the cor- sound, the choreography is amazing. Uh, I will say my favorite fight scene, and it's one that's not mentioned a lot, is Roxy Richter versus um, Ramona Flowers. Oh, yeah, the Soul Calibur one? The Soul Calibur fight. That's with great. With the Soul Calibur versus shot. Yeah. It's great. Good. That is, I that will is completely agree. That is yeah. a great, that's a great fight. Yeah. But no, the choreography, all that sort of stuff, top notch, best of all of his. I will 100% oh, agree. Yeah. They let him loose. So I have to, I have to ask James, because it's the elephant in the room on this one. Thoughts on Michael Sarah? 
He was the perfect casting choice for Scott Pilgrim. As such, I despise Scott Pilgrim as a character and not just as a caricature in my head. Okay. I mean, that's a fair analysis of that. I will admit I'm not a huge fan of the character. I love every other character. That Okay, that actually brings me to another point where it's very much like Baby Driver. I love every other character except the main character. Baby is kind of bland. I like Baby and Baby Driver. He's and not like bad. He's the straight guy. Yeah, yeah, but he's kind Understandably, he's a little bland. Yeah. He's not my favorite character all out of all of them. Though I don't... Though I will definitely say I do not dislike him. Right. Personally, uh... Personally, Buddy's my favorite. No, not Buddy. What, is, what the hell is his name? Which John Hamm's character. Buddy. Buddy. Was well, Buddy? Yeah. Buddy's my favorite. I like Bats, just because I think Jamie Foxx is kind of crazy. He does one. great in that. Yeah. But no, but but like I said, it's like... I don't... I don't like Scott. Yeah. I don't mm. like him at all. My favorites are Wallace and Kim. I absolutely love Wallace. I always love Knives, and I'm not sure why. I feel so bad for her. Like, I love Knives, yeah. and I love the fact that she's like, no. Uh, but I, I feel bad for Knives. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love the scene where she, right near the end, where he's like, oh, so I'm going to be with you. And she's like, no, I'm too cool for you. Kind of thing. Like, I yeah, love that she's I like, like oh, go get the girl that you've been fighting for, you idiot. <laughs> Like, I like that she kind of mans up and is like, no. You, no, no, we're a bad match. Yeah. Like, I love you, yeah. but no. You, know, you are the girl. not good for me. Yeah. I love Ramona Flowers. Mostly yeah. just because I love Mary Elizabeth Winston. She's yeah. great. Yeah. She did a fantastic yeah. job. But also the music. Mm. The mu- It's like, I'm listening, it's like, these are good songs. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, uh, Envy. Uh, yeah, Clash of Demonhead. Yeah. Um, Brie Larson and... Yeah, the metric song that they play, Black Sheep. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's that was a great, great song. The and that surprised that me. That was amazing with oh. the oh, yeah. oh, cross yeah. cuts of Superman and yeah, bring all of them, who goes down with a green light. You know? Yep. But it's also. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Thomas Jane popping up as the vegan police. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. Like, there's. And again, I said this before. I've said this to you, and you've acknowledged it. The fact that I knew if I sat down and watched it, I found a lot I'd love with this movie. Yeah. And I knew that you would love the editing, the sound, the choreography. The For me, it's the entire package that is like, this is what Edgar Wright can do. Give him more money and give him more movies. Right. <laughs> and I, I've agreed before that, and this did not in any way diminish that, yeah. that thought. It So... I hate to do this to, to kind of revisit a little bit, but uh, revisiting on, you know, the fact that you said you didn't like the main character for this one, you didn't like the main character for Baby Driver. Um, I, I thought you agree. I'm not... I thought, as, as a character, was, I thought Baby was bland. Right, no, 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 no fair, fair. Uh, with this one, I fully agree. I uh, uh, Scott is, as a character, a terrible person. I don't think there's meant to like him, though. No. I, I think he's... There's a point at times where he's like... He's a likable dude that, like, someone you just hang out with kind of thing, but at the same time, he's, like... He's an oblivious prick. Yeah, you're, like... Yeah, like, he's... Dude. So, he's the kind of guy... He's the person in the group that, like, you'll hang out with if he's available and you want to hang out with somebody, but you wouldn't go out of your way to hang out with them type thing. Yeah, it's, like, you hang out with them, think he's kind of cool in the beginning, and they're, like, okay, never mind, I don't think I'm good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. okay, I've had my hour's dose of you for the Can week. Can I hang I'm out good. with your really cool roommate instead wallace, yeah. wallace is amazing and it's like all of that wallace exactly. has some of the best yeah. lines absolutely and yeah. to the, big, the biggest thing is that i don't like how scott did knives dirty right it's like that that is my biggest issue it's like you are 
a giant hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, he never worked. <laughs> he really doesn't. Those were great. I love all the, the comic book references and the ringing phones. And I like that the backstory was told with the comic style, with yeah. the actual panels. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oscar Wright, Edgar Wright's brother, drew it in Brian Lee O'Malley's style. It, yeah, they, yeah, it was that was cool. I thought that was one of the coolest parts of the thing. I'm a huge fan of Allison Pill. So Kim. yeah, please Kim. Yeah. yeah. Again, her and Wallace are like my favorite characters. I actually really like Stephen Stills, and it's one that I didn't like him at first. Him and um, Young Neil. But the more I watch the movie, the more I like Stephen Stills. Yeah. And Young Neil has grown on me, especially since I've seen him in other movies. I'm like, huh. That's the other thing. Is like you go back now, it's like there's a lot of big names. Oh yeah, you have Captain Marvel, you have uh, Captain America, Captain America, you have Superman, you have um, like Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of blah 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 blah. Harley Quinn as someone in there. I can't remember which one she is. Mm -hmm. They've got they've got a. Even some of their cameos, like you said, Thomas sure. Jane. It's like I didn't realize for the longest time. It's like I saw him. I was like, I know who that is. Who are you? And then Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, Jason yeah, Schwartzman pops up. Yeah, last half of the movie. Yeah, that last ha- that last half hour is just that just that breezes right by that fight scene. Like, yeah, oh, fight scene. I love that fight scene. And yeah. one of the things that I absolutely love about this movie. Um, is the fact that it always makes me think of whenever you played the old arcade video games, because the every time he beats a one of the bat or one of the boy ex boyfriends, coins drop out. X's, <laughs> yeah, evil ex boyfriends, evil X's. Why do you keep saying that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's a that that last scene actually has one of my one of my favorite just differences between the two is before when they the the call to music basically. Yeah, the call of the band for the music. It's like, it's so different. We're here to make money and sell out and stuff. And she's and she's wiping wiping the dirt from under her eye with her middle finger. Yeah. Just that, uh, with just a look of absolute disgust on her yeah. face. And the second time through, she's like, all in, you know, we are Sex Pabam, we're here to watch Scott Pilgrim kick your teeth in. <laughs> and then it's faster. I had to... But it's the same song that they were playing over the no main vocals, theme. No vocals. Yeah, no vocals though. Yeah, yeah. and like twice They're, as fast. Yeah, and then the the twins fight that was great. The twins fight to me is the weakest. It, it is. was, like, but like the the fact that they have like the dueling bands thing. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. And then the crowd is in the middle. Visual, of all this visually, stuff. it was one of the coolest. Yeah. yeah, visually it was cool. But to me, like the, the execution could have been done a little bit better. The execution was fine. It was just compared to the the martial arts version or the martial arts fight in the first, the stuntman fight in the second. Uh, it seems like it should come earlier. Battle in the third. Oh, the base the battle fight amazing. in the fourth. The fifth and sixth is like the CGI, the yeah. neon fight, and then the the double Gideon fight. I'm like, it's just like the weakest of the. It probably the it probably should have come earlier. Yeah, it, it feels just, it feels like it should have. Yeah, it was just like it wasn't. It didn't feel as tough for Scott himself, but I like that it ultimately ended up as like a team battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas the last one was like the du- the the two player battle, and then I do the, the substitute battle kind of thing. I do like the fact that with the with the one against Todd Ingram, yeah. the, the vegan, I do like that it was a base battle because base isn't one base isn't usually the 
the the star of any sort of band, which is a damn shame because the proper bass just makes everything so much better. And a good bass line is stereo by Muse. Holy crap. Yes. Anything, anything by Tool. Fully agree on that one yeah. for Muse. Yeah, any, anything by Tool. There's your bass line. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's... I enjoyed it. I knew I would. I think it's still... I, I, I think it's still below Hot Fuzz just because of the relationship access from aspect for me. But no, it it's definitely it definitely showcases everything about Iper Right. So my next big question for you is would you watch it again? I'd probably skip the first half hour, but yes. Okay, fair enough. I can see that. Yeah. First yeah. half hour is other than the opening theme and the lead up to the opening theme, the first half hour is a little slow. Yeah. But I've done that. There's there's movies I enjoy that I that I enjoy more than Scott Pilgrim, but I do that too anyway. Yeah. Like it's easy to skip the things first half hour and mm-hmm. still get everything you need to do for sure so yeah no it's i'd watch it again it was fun okay especially cool. to catch all the little things that i didn't notice the first time around i'll give you the dvd if you're or, uh, if you're interested in watching it watch it with the trivia track there's so much hidden in that movie that is just below the surface the stuff i caught was insane yeah like the there's a um i love your sound and i think you should market your your sound to deaf people and that is that's a great job. He is saying that to Brian Lee O'Malley, the writer of the comic, and then he's also one. It's like, yeah, yeah, the original source material is better. And he's saying that to Brian Lee O'Malley, and like, there's those little touches. And well, I love yeah. there's so, some of those jokes. Just that's uh, why the, the comic is always better than the movie. Yep, little stuff like that. Like the the first album isn't as good as their first album. Yeah, you should see them live. They're much better live when they just came out of a live performance. Well, the best the best part about that joke is the fact that technically it's not live because it's on the, on a movie screen. So it's like, eh, yeah, funny. Yeah, Edgar Wright's humor. Yeah, it's that on kind full of, display. The hidden numbers are always like those. Humor. Yeah. Oh my God, there are so many hidden numbers. There's like when he just took out took down uh, Lucas Lee. He's walking and there's seven X's and two of them are on yellow signs and the other ones are all up above and he's wearing an axe and he tears off the axe and stuff it's like oh my god there's yeah. so much yeah. that you never need to notice that most movies wouldn't do yeah that again it just showcases everything that is Edgar Wright and the amount of effort he puts into it yeah Marcus Rowland his I believe it was Marcus Rowland his production designer for this and Bill Pope the cinematographer are absolute geniuses I'm a little sad that Bill Pope's not his production designer for Last Night in Soho, but the fact that he got the cinematographer for Handmaiden and Old Boy, I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> You're doing um, a psychological horror drama. There's a dude you go and get to shoot your movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I can definitely so. say uh, I was already excited, and now after that, it's like, I'm real curious to see what he's going to do with the straight It's horror. officially wrapped in an editing where 99% of his... Yeah. Like... <laughs> There are so many just unbelievable editing things in Scott Pilgrim, Baby Driver. What's weird is the fact that the man does so much pre-production. You, he should have like a month post-production. I think he has like six months of post-production. But that's he, yeah. and and that's the thing is like with how much pre-production that man does to make sure he gets it exactly right. There should be only a month, but because of how much he packs in, it's easily double most most movies post, isn't it? Or so, like, if not easy to see, it's For easy to see his that budget. Yeah, it's it's a it's a long post production. It's a long pre production. It's a decently short product or filming because he knows exactly what he's gonna, 
what he wants and he gets it. So. And he gets people who knows how to how to get what he wants. He's also one of the few directors that actually does the hands-on editing himself, isn't he? No. No? Uh, he has an editor that he's worked with from Shaun of the Dead. Okay. So, because um, I know, like, oh, so he's he always in the booth. Because I know, like, Soderbergh does his own stuff. Soderbergh, Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, a lot of the ones that are, have, were grown, kind of grown in the, the independent world, like Kevin Smith, I think does a lot of his own editing. Yeah. They're, they're quite often their own editors, but no, Edgar Wright has an editor that he found and trusts and the two of them sit and edit together. Okay. And he always credits his editor and, uh, but at least like he, like, even if he has like somebody else who might be in charge of doing that primarily, like... That's what I'm saying, though. Like, he actually sits down and works directly with versus just going, well, here it is. Enjoy. Let me know when you have questions, and I'll be back. Yeah. Unlike... Type thing. Someone like uh, Spielberg, who's always working on the next project, like, pre-production and production of the next project. Like, he'll do War Horse, and then he'll be working on Tintin kind of yeah. thing, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, he will hand over all of his stuff to one of the most talented editors in the business. I can't remember her name, but hands it to her and just goes... Here you go, and then then she sends a a edited ver- thing and say, "What do you think?" He gives notes, and the notes are it's Spielberg, so they're they're genius. And she edits, gives it back, and he's like, "Awesome, cool, move on to the next." And that's how they they work. Whereas Edgar Wright is literally sitting in the room, and like is sitting there editing. When it goes into sound, he goes and does like like, "Hey, I have this movie coming out." Comes back for sound. Says yes, that's good, and then you know. There's there's benefits and drawbacks to both styles, and they pick what works for them. And you know what? I'm gonna wrap everything up on my feelings on it. Yeah. Yes, I did enjoy Scott Pilgrim, but then again, I knew I would. I just need to actually apparently get beaten the head enough to say, ignore the yeah, man. You're much. gonna you're gonna hate the character anyway. If you had said that, <laughs> I have. <laughs> it's been a while. I. Then that must have been one of the first times. It's, it's been seven years, like yesterday or something. Thank you, Facebook. But no, I... <laughs> they, yeah, that must have been one of the first things, and that probably, considering it's seven years ago, that that's yeah. probably a good explanation as to why I didn't. Yeah. But no, it's... If I, if I had internally realized, I would have... I, I was going to hate... I was meant, to, essentially, to hate Scott Pilgrim in the first place. I probably wouldn't have been as yeah. against it. Fair. See anything else this week? That was it. Okay. All right. What about you, Tom? Other than it. Right. Uh, So I've watched a couple of TV shows. Uh, I uh, finished the 9-9. Go Brooklyn 9-9. Enjoyed that immensely. Oh, is that like the the prequel to The 100? (laughs) I wish, no. Okay. Uh, Brooklyn 9-9 is a cop comedy. Yeah. That shit was canceled, wasn't it? I hope not. <laughs> nah, I, I hear a lot of good things about it, but I it, seen it's it absolutely hilarious. I think it was canceled, but it's probably picked up by somebody else. Right now. That's I yeah. think I saw something about that. Um, I watched that, and I watched. Uh, I've been watching The Last Kingdom, uh, which is a Netflix original about uh, the Kingdom of Wessex and England. Oh, yeah. Uh, dealing with the invasion of the Danes. Oh dang! Or AKA the Vikings. Very old school history for you. Yes. Um, However, are they going to cope in Hagen? <laughs> when you have people's names like Leofrich and Edel, uh, Ethelwald and things like that. How many consonants does it have? Uh, a, a lot. <laughs> All the consonants. Does it have four H's? 
No. Okay, so that weird... No, it's not Hindi. That weird Indian movie that's out right now. Yeah, it's not Hindi or Telugu or Tamil or whatever language of Indian origin. It is Tagalog. (laughs) Yeah. Tagalog? Yeah, I know. (laughs) For those of you Filipino people, I'm sorry that I just butchered the name of your language it's tagalog but yep. yeah yeah but i mean i find it funnier that it's the uh that's the chocolate covered peanut butter cookie from uh the girl scouts oh, I know. oh the tagalog yeah i thought that's how it was pronounced and i got corrected pretty hard pretty fast by somebody and i'm like oh i'm sorry right tagalog yeah tagalog. that makes that makes a lot of sense actually um and then i had watched i started watching the second season of working moms Never watched it. It's an odd comedy out of Canada. So That's a I think face. I watched like the first episode. You're, like, you're yeah. making a face. So I'm definitely not the target audience for this comedy. I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if you were. Um, Working Moms is literally about mothers going through Jobs. just after childbirth and uh, dealing okay. with like the stuff that goes along with like any form of postpartum or anything like that, as well as being able to manage their work lives that they're trying to get back to because they act, some of them actually really enjoyed their jobs. Comedy. Or having to deal with their family. was hilarious. Or, <laughs> or having to deal with, like, their family drama and stuff like that, or having to deal with their uh, kids. Um, and not going to lie, there's a little bit of drama in there, but there is quite a bit of, like, dark humor <laughs> Oh, those are the best. Yeah. So, as long as you actually like those kinds of jokes. Which, I think, if you take it for what it is and understand that life is sometimes something that you should be able to laugh at because it's the only way that you're going to get through some of the darker parts, um, which there can be with postpartum and stuff like that, obviously. Yeah. Uh, like... Laughter it's, is the best medicine. Yeah, there's like, a reason it's it's said. Remember that. that when your head explodes next week. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not gonna think about what you're talking about because if it is what I think you're talking about, <laughs> you and I are gonna be gonna have words. Fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's an interesting show. I really like the first season. Second season. Seems a bit weird to me, but that's okay. I think it it feels more like they're doing a lot more like flashbacky stuff and trying to show like where everybody kind of came from. Flashback to last that season. That sounds familiar. We'll talk about that movie in a little bit. All right then. Anything yeah. else? Anything else you want to bring up that you've um, seen? That's pretty much it, other than our big one, which I'll wait yeah. for, obviously. So. All right, Devin, let's get through your laundry list. Uh, mine's not that long this week. I, I spend most of the week writing, so I was, like, turning on things I've already watched and that kind of stuff. Um, but I did watch the pretty terrible witch movie called Tamara, or Tamara. Tamara? Uh, yeah, it's about a, a girl that's not attractive, even though she's really attractive. Okay, Sounds like Monster's Ball. Yeah. But... It's a girl that's not attractive, that's getting that gets bullied in school kind of thing, and then she like dies and comes back as a hot witch that then has wants vengeance on the, the rest of them. Like, oh, it's unfriended. Yeah. I'm like, oh, eh, boy. I'll I'll turn it on in the background. It's it's one that like kept my attention just for kind of the weird hijinks of the witch like corrupting various people of the, the friend group. I'm like, that's kinda cool, but I don't know, it just kinda hit a point where I'm like 
Why is nobody just shooting this lady? Jesus Christ. Shoot her in the face and you're done with it. <laughs> She's already killed, had a guy cut off his own tongue and his ears and stuff. It's like, yeah. just shoot the guy. Or shoot the girl. Like, you're done. Pull it. <laughs> but, yeah, mm. it, it just kind of hit a point of like, eh, I'm good. So, didn't really like that. And then I also, again, to just kind of have something out of the background, I suffered through Dead Rising Watchtower. And I... Is that as shitty as I think it sounds? Uh, yes. I love Dead Rising, the games. Dead Rising 1, 2, Off the Record, 3, and 4, and all of those. I do so fun. I love that entire series. I, unfortunately, have never played them. They're... They are dumb fun, but they are ridiculously cool games. If you want to play play the 1 for just dumb fun, I would highly suggest 2. That seems to be the... One's got some difficulty problems. One is the pacing issues and all that and like speed. Two is really good. Uh, off the record is really good because it just adds on that. And then four is really good, even though a whole lot of people crapped on it. I'm noticing a lack of a certain number. I've never played three. It was on Xbox One only, and it's never been ported to PS4. I really, really, really want to play it, though. I really want to play it. And that's like the only reason I wanted to buy an Xbox One. <laughs> that's how much I love it. So... Dead Rising Watchtower. Other than, like, one scene where they go into a pawn shop and they find a bunch of, like, ooh, the surfbot head, and, like, ooh, like, chainsaws, and we can attach them with paddles and all that kind of stuff, they kind of add in games and stuff. It was... It was like, hey, they're zombies, but we're not going to have any of the humor of the games or any of the weird quirkiness of the games. It's... They're zombies, and they're tearing people apart. And, okay, cool. And it just, like... It was trying too hard to be a Resident Evil movie, oh. but you had no interesting characters. Well, the, well, you say that, but it's like Resident Evil. Resident Evil in itself is campy as shit. Yeah, but yeah, look but at the look at the movies. Like the first one is decent. Yeah, not amazing. It's decent. The second one's okay, and then it goes downhill. But it's still like fun to watch. They're yeah, like they're great, but they're fun to watch. They're they're fun popcorn movies. Yeah. I mean, they're nothing to get like super involved or. They're like, train wrecks where the they're where the carrier yeah. trains have zombies. And then they start editing. Too. Yeah, then but, you can't turn your head away from the accident. But like this one, is what if they didn't have a budget? Oh god. Version of that. That's and House of a Thousand Corpses. First off. Mm, it, I wish they had a director as good as Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's yeah that's, that's telling but there's one good scene and it's when the main character dumb or stupidly runs out of the pawn shop trying to grab attention when other characters are doing something else somewhere else and not not in trouble so he runs out like with a, a couple of chainsaws and with like stuff in his bag and he's running through and like mauling zombies and then it's this big long like five minute long tracking shot going up onto it up into a bus for some reason and and then like up out of the window or up into the, the top of the bus and then the camera follows and then in, in and like around stuff. I'm like, this is a really cool shot. What is this doing in the rest of this movie? Like they contradict themselves throughout the movie and there's just all these issues. This sounds like the worst wow. of The Walking Dead. It, yeah. And other than like, the cool scene of uh, Rick trying to get out from underneath the tank and all that. It's about the same. You know what <sighs> sounds infinitely more entertaining, if only because of the absurdity? What's that one where uh, snow zombies? Uh, Dead Snow. Dead Snow. I loved Dead Snow. That's what I Dead mean. Dead Snow is so good. Dead Snow 2? Not so much. Dead Snow 1? Amazing. 
But yeah, yeah. It, so it's like it doesn't even have that because that's stupid. I prefer Zombievers. I actually really like Zombievers and Attack of the Lighter Hosen Zombie, but that just sounds like lesbian zombies. Uh, <laughs> not really. There are literally beavers that get infected by the zombie virus. So what? It's like the piranha one? Yeah. And then they start biting people and then they start turning into zombie beaver humans. It's really weird, but it's so damn fun. I don't know. I was a big fan of uh, Boy Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. I love that movie. That's, I thought that was a good one. Yeah, there's funny. a lot of... I'm sure. In other words, there's a lot of really cheesy zombie movies. Don't yeah, waste your time Yeah, but they're really this. fun. Yeah. That's yeah, what I mean. That's the cool part. There's a, lot, there's a lot of really cheesy, really fun ones. Don't yeah. waste your time on this. Yeah, exactly. Like, this one's... It, no, it like just looked like nobody was having fun, too. Like, Aww. There's so many of those movies where you can tell like the actors are at least having fun. Oh, okay. This one just looked like everyone's just cashing a paycheck. And like Sharknado. Like you have the the guy who played who plays like the Allstate guy. Or, okay. And he was in 24. He's like the random military dude that shows up and you're like, well, he's going to be evil. <laughs> he's introduced way too late in the movie to be anything other than evil. And then it's, it turns out he's evil. It's like, wow, how surprising. It's like, you know, it's just all that, all that kind of stuff. It's just really lazy. And there's a sequel to it called... Dead Rising Endgame, and I'm like, oh, I feel like I have to watch it just to see how how bad this story can get. But but yeah, that was Dead Rising Watchtower. Dude has another movie coming out, uh, coincidentally, that I don't remember the name of. Uh, I also finished up uh, Carnival Row, the first season. I liked it. Uh, it's not my favorite thing ever, but I really did enjoy it. Um, Freaks, by the way, I think is the name of it. Yeah, Freaks. I think that actually yeah. comes out this week. Yeah. But I finished Carnival Row. Good. Visually, I could see where it it could take over for like a Game of Thrones. It is that level visually. Storytelling, not so much. And characters are decent. The biggest problem I had with it is it's very obviously an allegory for the southern border. Mm, and yeah. not wanting to let the, like, the humans not wanting to let the fae, so the quote-unquote tieflings, the centaurs, the pixies, you know, they're not wanting to let them in because they're stealing jobs, because they're they're second-class humans. I'm like, okay, I get that the main characters think it's good and all the other people are prejudiced. You're so far on the nose, my nose is broken. I'm like, I get it, you don't need to push that. And then they started, like, they started gearing away from that being the focus of the show, and I'm like, good. You don't need to go into how the white supremacists beat up non-white people. I mean, you don't need to go into how the humans beat up the non, the non-humans. You know, pretty obvious. There's a way to do that but, without being so stupid. And it's really only the first episode, which makes me think that whoever made the pilot had a motive. But then once the series was like ordered to an actual series, they kind of are like, "Yes, that's it's happening." Let's have that be kind of the background and have our own story. And episode, I think it's three or four, where they actually show Cara Delevingne and Orlando Bloom's character's backstory was actually really solid. And they have a lot of really good episodes in there. It's just, yeah. So I know it's not a TV series and it's a movie, but um, Bright actually did a really good job with the class differences based on the different races that they had of. it's kind of similar this one's more steampunk era yeah i know like but victorian just, yeah but like i wasn't a huge fan of bright but it just i think off. 
Right, but I mean, like the the classism that they had. Yeah, but then, uh, there's a thousand movies I could point you to do, that do the exact same thing. Well, I'm saying like even with fantasy. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, this had like the take on like mo- more modern fantasy. That's what I was saying. That's what I loved about Bright the urban stuff. Yeah, yeah. is the the kind of like taking you know spellcasters in urban environment. It just the whole movie just wasn't all that well made. I think it was the biggest issue I had. Production on? Yeah, it was just kind of... It the writing, a lot like, of the overall actual writing was pretty weak, and, like, the world was great, but if you have a dragon in the background of one shot and you never once mention that there's dragons in this world, I'm like, dude, you have spellcasters and dragons and you're worried about, like, street thugs? I mean, dude, what the hell? Right. <laughs> that is no scale problem. Yeah, it, it's, it's like they had a story and they kind of shoehorned it into this world instead of making a story specifically for this world kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I liked the designs of the elves. Didn't really like the designs of the orc type characters. Yeah, they the they orcs, seem yeah. like makeup, but I don't know. It was just kind of one of those that watched it. Um, yeah. Okay. Just fine. But Anything Carnival Row, really good. Uh, otherwise this week, the only other thing I watched was it chapter two. Yeah. So this is going to be more you two than me, though. I I did read the book. You've read the book a while. It's so, been a while. You know a lot of the plot points of the chapter two. Um, Tom, do you want to try going spoiler free for a little bit here? Sure. Well, everyone listening will let you know when we go into spoiler territory. Things happen. A clown um, scares people. Boom. There's your spoiler free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's well, about that's it. About it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I don't mean facetious, but that that's sad. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's the first movie too. Um, scares children. Tom, I'm gonna ask. Overall, without getting into specifics, what was your what was your thought about the movie? What's your hot take? I thought that it was overall an average movie at best. It wasn't I, I thought part one was or chapter one was so much better in comparison. Uh, I felt, just like the original movie, I felt that part two was very much uh, lacking actual interesting story. That's actually, I remember that because you specifically, Devin, I remember you saying that you always felt that the kids portion was more interesting than the adults. In the book, I was, other than like the fact that it's kind of mixed up so it's not, here's the cool, really well done kids chapter. Here's the meh uh, adult chapter. No, it's kind of it's kind of like two trains going along, uh, yeah, like nearby track between them, and they're constantly crisscrossing. I always yeah. loved the kids portion of it. I just thought that was such a much more interesting and like almost visceral story. Yeah, because it was all... so because you didn't have to worry about adult life. Well, that, but also yeah. too like with kids, there's this level of naivety naivety that you can get into yeah and you can go a little bit deeper into a story because there's they don't they're not stigmatized by being an adult they haven't got all these life lessons or things that they've experienced they're not chained down by reality essentially basically so they can actually like have the sense of belief in something that shouldn't necessarily be real but is and here, I mean, like the cast for this, unbelievable. I we'll we'll get into the cast. Here that was great, that. but like 
overall movie wise, like it was just eh. They I think there was a lot of missed opportunities for this. So for my hot take, one cast, astounding cast. We'll specifically get into casting a little bit later. Um I cannot agree more with I I genuinely loved the first movie. Sure it was a little like Hey, uh, stuff is happening. Really interesting. And time for the next jump scare. Jump scare and a bunch of stuff happens. Time for the next jump scare. And then, you know, that, right. that's kind of how the first one was. And I'm not a huge fan of those kind of horror movies. No. This one is even worse. Yeah. This one oh, was... Oh, no! Hey, you have a bunch of interesting stuff. Uh, now go and do your own thing. Uh, by the way, here's a jump scare. Cool. You know it since it's a flashback. Kid's not gonna die because it's the kid that you just saw as an adult. So there's no tension there. But here, have this really creepy scene that should have been in the first movie. And they didn't have time or they didn't have the budget to do it in the first movie. So here's this cool scene that they should have done. But it doesn't make any sense now. And now back to the adult. And another another jump scare just to make it seem like the adults are scared. And then it's just kind of like, cool. So the last hour of the movie was just... Okay, and now for the big climatic battle, and it's like, mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know about you two, but I, there's always part of me that wants when I see adults getting jump scared, instead of either getting getting scared and then angry or getting scared, the immediate response is to punch the thing jump scaring you. See, that is where I my biggest issue with this movie. Scaring a child is easy. Go math, they, and they run away. That part. actually made me jump See? a little. But you expensive. do that to a child, and they will scream and run. You have a creepy-ass clown standing in the corner. You get close, you say something, they run away, and they're terrified. Makes sense. You do that to an adult, you get what and I just they, will, they will kind of shock, but immediately go, what the hell was that? Or exactly, exactly what I did, where yeah. I kind of jumped along, and I was like... Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And you then get, like, if you have a competent human that then goes, okay, so the naked lady turned into something. Obviously, this is the hallucinatory thing. This is fake. You don't run from it screaming bloody murder. You know it's fake. You've fucked this guy before. You beat him. You know his trick. Right. Like, But at the same time, like, yeah. so there's no evolution. None at all. No. In fact, there's actually a regression. And how? That the whole... We'll, so we'll get there. We'll no, 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 no. That, where the spoiler yeah. part comes, we'll get there, but... But anyway. Overall, casting gets... A plus. 11 out of 10. It was yeah. pitch perfect. So ass rank. Eddie... Yeah. yeah. Eddie, Richie, uh, Beverly, the dude they got to play Stanley Uris. Yeah. Um... Uh, the guy that got to play Mike, Isaiah Washington, he's on a horse. Uh, and then... That's a great guy. I'm missing one from the Losers Club other than Bill. Uh, ben Hanscom. All of yeah. them are perfect cast. Bill was good. I, I love James McAvoy, but I kept... You kept seeing him as other parts. You saw I, him I as saw James McAvoy. Him as um, the Horde from Split and Glass. Okay. Whenever he'd like start to stutter, I thought he was switching into a different personality. So it's just... It's a confliction of him being in a better movie. That's not his fault, though. That he was absolutely perfect in, and this one he was really good in. It was just not amazing. Bill Hader was perfect. Absolutely. All I'm going to say for now. Um, 
But yeah, it was. I love the cast. I I thought cinematography wise it was great. The CGI. Maybe I just I haven't been seeing a lot of people say the CGI was bad, but wow, I hated the CGI. Yeah. Especially some really noticeable scenes. Uh, a lot of people are talking about how they slightly de-aged the kids because they had grown up slightly. I didn't notice. That's fine. Yeah. There was a couple of scenes where I'm like, yeah, it might be, but that that was fine. Um, there's a couple of plot points we'll get into that I didn't particularly like. And there's a, a few changes from the book that I wish that they had kept in because they had such a long running time. And I will say, two hours, 50 minutes, I felt it. <laughs> yep. About the end of the second act. I don't want to watch this anymore, guys. About the end of the second act. I don't want to say it. It's drag. So. About the end of the second act, I'm sitting there going, is this over with? I actually so I checked my phone to see how much more do I have to endure of this movie. And I'm like, oh my god, there's still an hour left of this movie. So I'm like, oh yeah, so they're going to go off and do the big battle. And I'm like, oh my god, there's an hour. Uh, they must have like five battles before the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there going at that point. I'm sitting there going, okay, is it done yet so I can go pee? Yeah. <laughs> like legit, I'm like, I didn't have anything to drink before this, but I'm done with it already. I, I had a water. <laughs> I piss on you. I had a water when I went to the theater. And I, I drank like a, not even a quarter of it. And I'm like, about halfway through, I'm like, I feel like I have to pee. I might just be like, eh, I guess I have to pee. I don't know. I'm bored yeah. now. I need to Yeah, pay. pretty much. It was, like, yeah, it was basically, I just want to kind of get up and walk yeah. at this point. But yeah. So More than anything else. I think that's that's our reviews for non-spoiler. We're going to go into some spoiler territories. Uh, if you're, if you haven't seen the movie and you want to go see the movie still, go see the movie. Come back. Uh, we'll still be here. Awkwardly waiting for you to return. Um, don't leave us. <laughs> uh, if you don't care about spoilers, you've read the book. If you read the book, you're not missing anything. Yeah, um, you really can't be spoiled. I you really think. aren't being spoiled. Uh, otherwise, yeah, go see the movie if you want to. Come back if you don't care. Stick around. There was your spoiler warning. Yep. I'll flash it on the screen that doesn't exist. It's flashing. So, what was the big one? What's the big one you want to drop? Uh, the big one I want to drop is they should not have had... Well, first off, they should not have had any flashbacks. Right. Now, I thought that was the, the big thing. I thought I thought that was the point of the first one. See, the the fact that they had the first one was great. Have you seen the first movie? No, I haven't. Though I, it is on my list to watch because I I know you you the first you movie is great. really well done. I will say I love the yeah. first movie. The first movie is Not basically perfect, the entire thing is a flashback. Yeah. In this, that sounds perfect. They have they cut out a bunch of like the 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 horror movie monsters from the book because that it makes sense. You know, yeah. different different scares. Different, um, different times. Yeah. But in this, it's not that they bring back those horror movie monsters. Like, you don't see the Wolfman. You don't see all those. You don't see the giant falcon or whatever chases Mike in the foundry. Um, pterodactyl, vulture, thing. Bat thing. Yeah. I can't remember. They don't have that. But the biggest problem I have is that they, about, half, about an hour into it, they're like, oh, so you're all back in Derry. Yeah, we remember Pennywise now. I don't know why he came back to Derry, but okay. Um, so, you're here. You're all together. We beat him together. But, there was this random week, <laughs> 27 years ago, where you all went and did something independently. So now you all have to go on separate fetch quests to get your totems to put into a... 
waste leather basket bait, that yeah. would light on fire. Wait. And you burn them and say, Ritual of Jude! And then start yelling, this is not real. Wait. <laughs> Wait. Yep. Yeah. Why? Yep. Mm-hmm. So the Ritual of Jude in the book is this, like, vision quest that Bill goes on. Which made <coughs> sense as much as it made... As much as Stephen King endings make sense. <laughs> the man can, one. man can write, but he cannot end, I swear to God. Yeah. Which, I loved that in the movie. I did, I did love that Bill Denbro was constantly getting attacked for not writing good endings. Including the dude that sold him uh, silver back, his yeah. back. Stephen King, making a cameo. That's that, funny. And Bill Denbro notices that he has a book on his desk. That's by Bill Denbro, and he's like, oh, would you like a signature? Nah, I didn't like the ending. Can't write endings, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... He acknowledges it. That's... I, I really want to do more Stephen King movies and to start Stan Leeing Stephen King. Yep. Either way. So, <coughs> but, okay, yeah, it was a vision quest, which, again, made sense for... It also it also connected a bunch of the the books, like... Yeah, it, over it's arcing. one that... The Ritual of Jude was also in other books, Gunslinger series or Dark Tower series, and blah 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 blah, Black House, and those kind of things. Yeah. So with this, okay, there's a reference to the Vision Quest thing, and that's how Mike ropes him into getting everybody else to stick around. That's a it. different. That's just him seeing what they have to do. This one is like him meditating in the middle of a room and going into a void with with the Space entity tortoise. known as it. And then, like, mind-battling him. And then Richie Tozier, I believe, is the one that comes in and helps. And they mind-battle it while a giant turtle, like, floats by and is like, hey, I'm helping. And then, like, stuff happens. And then Eddie still dies, but he, like, gets his arm torn off. But it's like, what? Okay. I don't know. There's just... The mo- the book is weird, and that's where it just goes off the rails. I but... suspect cocaine was involved. He doesn't remember writing, like, all of Cujo. Oh, boy. Which explains a lot of the inconsistencies, honestly. Yeah. But this one, instead, they have to go and find totems connecting them to question mark each other or question mark it? No, no. See, they have to touch their inner child to offer it up as a sacrifice. Wow. So Bill's inner child is the boat that he made for his brother before his brother was vis- like ripped apart. Uh, All right, what, what do you right? Cool. What do you want from me, dude? And they then, don't understand what, what they were done. Beverly's was the letter that she got from Ben. Ben's was the the page that she, he's always had with him. Yeah. So, but he still went on a quest to go and find nothing. Oh no, I had a bad thought, and I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> not gonna say it on this. We'll see. Okay, so there's the whole thing of when they leave. Dairy, their memory kind of it fades, yeah, it yeah. fades, right? I read the that's book. I book. remember right. that's in the book, right? And then the further away they get, the harder it's blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, the part that kills me is the fact that Ben has this item with him the entire time, and he and doesn't he's like, know who Beverly is. Yeah, and he he's doesn't know who Beverly like, is by the time like everything rolls around. Then all of a sudden he's like, "Yeah, I had this like weird dream thing, and I came back here, and all of a sudden everything is like rushing back to me." See, the thing that bothered me about that in the, the whole memory thing was why very particularly when they're all sitting in the jade the jade of the orient the the chinese restaurant 
before all the weird eyeball monster and the stuff that's just a reference to the, you know, the monster. It's either in the book or it's a reference to the the old series that they do the same thing, or the the miniseries. Um, they have. So they all got the call from Mike, and then they all come back to Derry within like twenty four hours. Which wow, damn, that's some fast travel. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they all get back there, and then. At one point, Mike Mike says Pennywise, and then they all go, oh, Pennywise. Like, why the hell did you all come back if you don't remember Pennywise? Like, did you just all come back thinking it's like a get-together that you promised to do 27, like, specifically 27 years later? Like, it was just, wait, so you just came back here not knowing that it was a thing? <laughs> you didn't come back here to, like, face him? You just came back... For the hell of it? And they came back for plot convenience. And now it's just like, everyone's back, and yeah, Pennywise. We have to kill Pennywise. Time for a jump scare. Ah, fortune cookies. It's like, fortune cookies, singing heads in her thing. And they don't immediately go, this is fake. They scream and run around, and then he starts slamming a chair against a table, which I thought was a funny scene. And that's, yeah. The movie was funny. Like, the movie was really funny. Bill Hader yelling at the kid, like... No, fuck you, little kid. I don't want. I don't need you to talk to me, little kid. Go away. You're not real. And then the parents walk up. Oh, those, those are, your parents? Those are your parents? Yeah. Want an autograph? Oh, want an autograph? No, I'm good. <laughs> like that kind of stuff was great. I was quoting your show, man. Yeah, and Bill Hader, like the whole scene where he's he gets the call and throws up, and then he like is going backstage. Man, I need a drink. And, like, turns a corner and gets a drink. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> that kind of stuff. And, like, I loved all that. And I loved, I loved like, all of the interactions. But then they insisted on just having, like, these jump scares. And they have the... They randomly include uh, uh, the lumberjack dude. Uh, uh, Paul Bunyan. In the, Paul Bunyan that's in the book that scares... Uh, I think it's Richie, actually. Scares Richie. And it's like, what, what, okay, so you're just randomly going to have that in there and not any of the other ones? You're instead going to have a scene with Beverly lighting her head on fire and terrible CG, yelling at Ben and then running around through the school in the same way that the creepy old lady that turns into like a 10-foot-tall CGI abomination instead of the creepiness of having an old lady run at you trying to grab you? Yeah. And it's like, there's just so many little things like that that just... Mm. Yeah, it just right. didn't work. And, uh, like, the weird part was, is, like, especially with the old lady thing, having not read the book and seen the movie, like, you could tell when the jump scare was coming, right? So it wasn't... You could tell when every jump scare was coming. Yeah. They so, telegraphed everything. Yeah, so it wasn't even remotely scary at that point. But she's here walking to a kitchen, and she's like, oh, let me just go get the cookies that I put in before you in got this here. this dark kitchen that yeah. I obviously haven't been in for so long. Right, but like when she first walked in there to get the tea and everything, there's light in there. She walks in there to get the cookies. There's a little bit of light in there, not much. And all of a sudden, Beverly gets up to look at something. She's looking at some pictures, turns around. There's no light in there. And then all of a sudden, she turns back around, and there's naked lady running across the open way that you can barely make out. I'm like, why did you just randomly strip? We're going to go now. (laughs) Yeah, and of course, like, the moment when they reveal that she has, like, this decaying flesh, she's surely gone, oh, you're Pennywise, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. And, like, she's intelligent. Every one of them is supposed to be intelligent, but they all fall for it. Mm-hmm. Like, They're all kids. Yeah, and 
Yeah, it's like they were, you, like I said, they you were never, You never grow up, Devin. Yeah, it maybe that's part of this story, but everyone's just kind of, like, freaking out. And there's there's a scene with uh, Stanley Uris, and Stanley Uris kills himself. Okay, it's in the book. Yep. Not surprised. But then they also try to legitimize why he did that, to take him off the board so that he doesn't weigh him down and, like, they can win. So it's like, no. Instead of it just being creepy because he, he killed just, him. He, he was just freaked out and a coward. Yep. That was the story. That there is no, like, I did this so that I'm not, so that if I'm off the board, he can't use me against you kind of thing. Yeah, he wasn't a hero. It's like, no. He's been a coward since day one in the story. Right. I mean, we didn't How many times that? in the first movie did he just say, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I, this is summer vacation. I just want to go and play. Like that kind of stuff. Like, yep. He did it like know, four or five times in the first movie. But in this, I wanted more psychological horror. Yep. And I wanted them to like actively use the fact that they're adults and like delve into like creeping them out like Mama or Strangers or those kind of movies that they don't jump scare you because jump scares work really well on kids and they work really well on people that haven't us seen this kind of thing. Yeah. And do something that creeps them out, that makes them unnerved, and then... Discomforted. Or just pull out a knife and kill them. And don't find your dumbass Henry Bowers that is just kind of there for half of this movie. Like, don't have him just doing it. Do it yourself. You have you have legs that can skewer Eddie, or Eddie Kasprak through the chest. Like, why are, why not just do that with all of them and go, cool, I'm going to keep hitting kids now. Right. Okay, uh, so, in other words, it's not great? No, it's just, it was shot really well. I won't give them that. And the cast and the acting was amazing. I think probably one of my favorite parts of the entire movie was easily when uh, uh, um, Eddie gets stabbed in the cheek. And then yeah. stabs Henry through the, uh, through the, the shower, shower curtain. And then the shower curtain comes off when he backs up. Yep. And then he looks <laughs> at him. Then he, then he looks at him, pulls the knife out, and he or looks at him, and he goes, "Dude, cut the mullet. It's been what twenty seven years? God!" And like <laughs> goes out of the room. Yeah, like I love that because I love Eddie just like awkwardly getting into the bathtub and like. Okay, okay. I've got a knife sticking out of my face. (laughs) And, like, then he closes the thing and then then stabs him in the chest. And I'm like, yeah, it it really worked. (laughs) And I absolutely... The last, like, ten minutes of this movie are phenomenal. Yeah. Like, after they get over the big, giant... uh, Harlequin spider demon fight. Because, yeah, they they do that again. And I love the Pomeranian freak out, but they telegraphed it too much. Yeah. You know that's going to end up being a scare. Yep. Like, come on. But then they just go back the way they came. But the actual fight was okay. The screaming at him saying you're nothing but a clown, a little a little little like poor clown. It's like Yeah, the belittling of him. Alright, that's kinda weird. Yeah. Him yelling, I'm the devourer of worlds was cool, but okay. <laughs> it's from the book. I'm like, that's cool, but meh. But then the last ten minutes after they defeat it, after Eddie dies, and you, they reveal that Richie Tozier has been, like, harboring... That's the reason he's never gotten married, is that he's been in, like... He's been in love with Eddie this entire time. I'm like, oh, 
Okay, that makes a lot of sense now that I'm kind of thinking about it. I don't believe that was in the book. I think that was kind of... Uh, Eddie Kasprak was kind of the closeted character, not Richie. I think. Like, it's been forever since I've read the book. It was something a little different. But the scene where they all then go back to the quarry, mm-hmm. and they're all like, oh, you know, they're finally being able to relax for the first time in this entire series, or duology. Um, and they kind of notice, you know, Eddie would have hated this. Why? Because it's dirty? Yeah, because it's dirty. Right, Richie? And they look over, and Richie is just breaking down crying. And the first time he ever shows any actual non-like comedic emotion. emotion, he's actually showing emotion, and he's just, like, broken. Yep. Because he's, lo- one, lost one of his best friends, and two, just everything they went through. It is one of the, like, it's not a gut punch, but you're like, holy crap, I actually feel something for this character. Mm-hmm. And it's just this really, like, you all of a sudden realize how could the how good this movie could have been if they stuck with that being the emotion like the emotional ties instead of it being constant jump scares just to jump scare you and show off like mediocre CGI. Yeah. So but then all the stuff with like Stanley's letter and all that and riding the bikes and the the Oh, so they'd actually treated it like an adult movie. Yeah, it all of a sudden near the end of the movie, it's less a horror movie and more like it. It felt like the end of Lord of the Rings. There's a lot yeah. of endings, but they kind of there's a lot of time show there. you like Bill is now writing a book. They don't show the name of it, but it's basically the first chapter of it. They they show him writing about what happened to him and his friends. Now that he remembers it, and you see that Ben and Bev have gotten together. And the whole abusive husband was there for, like, one scene and then completely thrown away for the rest of the movie. Husband never shows up. The wife never shows up. Um, that whole, that whole like, yeah, cheating the, thing was a, was a the, big... Those storylines never come in. But... You're right. They could have they could have done something like that instead of the yeah, apparently cheap jump scares. The, the yeah. hardest scene to watch, and I think one that works the best for that psychological horror was the opening scene with the gay couple. Oh, yeah. The brutal beating on the bridge yep. and then thrown into the lake. They kept that in there, and it was a really impactful scene. Yeah. Like, the fact that there's a kid beating this gay man's face and, like, swearing at him and, um, like, just the absolute bigotry in this. It's like, holy crap. If the rest of the movie is this intense... It's going to be great because there was no jump scares. It was strictly the psychological, like, these are actual people type thing, which I kind of wanted more of. And then ultimately you get that Pennywise, the one that fishes the fiance out of the, the water and then bites his bites into his arm. It's like, that was great. Because that's creepy. That's, that that requires thinking. Realistic. Of, yeah, it, it, that requires thinking about how messed up it yeah. would have to be. Like that was great, but that's higher cognitive power than a than a kid usually wants to devote to that sort yeah, of stuff. That was really hard to watch. The rest of the movie, other than like the tense momentary jump scares, like even the little girl, I didn't feel like much. Yeah, the, the girl with the about. birthmark that getting killed. The scene was great, but meh. Yeah. Okay, so in other words, don't really recommend the first one. I recommend the first one if and you they like had a happy this. ending. 
Yeah, if you, I recommend the first one. If you like the story and the characters, give the second one a shot. Maybe I'm just not a big fan of it, but yeah. if you're a big horror fan, go and see it. It, it is a decent horror if you, film. If you're a big jump scare horror yeah. fan. If you're into that, that works. Otherwise, skip it. Yeah, I mean, it's mediocre, so. Yeah. But yeah, that's the big one for this week. There's not much else that came out this past week. Uh, this week... There's not um, much coming out, is there? Huh? There's not much coming yeah. out this week, either. I don't think. This week, it's kind of a down week. You know, September is usually kind of a dumping ground, but we have Hustlers. What was that one? Uh, it's about the, the... It's about a bunch of strippers that con a bunch of rich guys and they into, like, making them money. Wasn't that the Melissa McCarthy one? No, that was The Hustle. No. That's why I mixed it no, up. This Got is you, thank you. Laundry list of... Um, actors, but I like Constance, Constance Wu from Crazy Rich Asians. But yeah, um, but yeah, they're conning rich men and uh, spending too money at the strip club, kind of thing. Okay, getting them drunk, knocking them out, running their card. <laughs> they're not gonna say I didn't spend five thousand dollars last night at this club. I'm not supposed to be at. It looks fine. It. I'm probably not gonna see it. Yeah. Uh, the Goldfinch starring Ansel Elgort is coming out. I see, I've seen I kind of want to see that. I'm no interested, but I'm not. Not really sure. Yeah. Good cast, but uh, the dude who plays young Richie Tozer's in this, Finn Wolfhard. Yep. Best name ever. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in this. Um, and then the one that I want to mention is Britney Runs a Marathon is finally coming up. Yeah. I love that movie, and you should go see it. Because it's one of those really, really uplifting, well-made movies. Cool. But yeah, nothing big this week. Next week has a few. Ad Astra, Rambo, 10... Downton Abbey and the movie Villains that I saw tonight. So cool. But yeah, that's the big ones for this. Uh, we're not going to be jumping into main topic. We will be back in a couple of days with our main topic. Uh, if you want to continue listening to these, give us a give us a like, give us a subscribe, follow us, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at i or at ITC Movie Podcast. And uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. If you want us to cover anything in the future, let us know. Yep. Um, Thursday's podcast will be about uh, serial TV shows, not serial killer TV shows, serialized continuing story TV shows. So check that out when it comes out in a couple of days. Cool. All right. Mm-hmm. All awesome. Right. And have a nice night, everybody. Bye.